This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramya. Thanks for sticking around. Two hours of a variety of conversations and content we like to bring to you with our guests and contributors. And of course, you can check them out on your favorite podcast platform by downloading the segments or the uploaded daily full show. Kelly McDonald and Ramya Amuddin. What a fluky day because, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some heavy topics today on the roundtable to get into. A little heavier than usual. But also our guest is an expert at some of these topics and giving some really interesting perspective and feeling. Let's bring on the Thursday roundtable for you. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually oval. Just say it. The blind guy feels it now goes, (laughs) I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. So today's guest is Know Your Rights contributor, Danielle McLaughlin, as I come up with a few things to talk about. I handpick these items. And today's one of those days, Danielle, I have to say that I've picked kind of with the guest in mind immensely. Um, so I hope you don't feel kind of targeted in this. But I think um, I think you'll be pleased with the topics and having some ability to give us perspective. Rummy and I will also, of course, weigh in, ladies and gentlemen. That's how this roundtable works. Let's start with... A judge has labeled a 23-year-old London, Ontario man a terrorist and sentenced him to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years for killing four members of a Muslim family. Nathaniel Voltman has also been handed a concurrent life sentence for the attempted murder of the youngest member of the Epsil family in the June uh, 2021 truck attack in London. Family member... Him Islam said outside the courthouse in London that Canadians need to work together to combat hate. Wow. It's not just a, a Muslim problem, a London problem. It's, a, it's something that we as Canadians need to do. Every single one of us need to challenge, uh, channel the, the emotions we're feeling into how are we going to create change? Um, how are we going to work together uh, to make a better Canada? Crown prosecutor Sarah Sheikh said Veltman murdered the family because of his, quote, hateful, intolerant, ignorant, and Islamophobic ideology. Danielle, I'm going to come to you first. Rami and I have our own, I, me as a Londoner, I, I totally have, uh, uh, you know, my own perspective of being uh, really located about uh, a mile and a bit from this heinous attack. Um, what, when you hear this, what do you feel? What do you think? Is this what you expected? Um, I didn't actually, to be honest, Kelly, because he had already been sentenced to life in prison. Sentencing, you know, we only get one life. So sentencing him to life in prison again on terrorism charges isn't going to make any difference as far as his sentence goes, the question is, what difference will it make at all? And how do we define terrorism? And I'm I'm still, you know, I don't think that it hurts for somebody who's already going to be serving life in prison. And to be perfectly clear, I am very glad that he is going to be spending the rest of his life in prison. The fact that he's been now convicted of terrorism charges means that while he's in prison, 
uh, he's unlikely to be with the general population mm -hmm. because they will uh, be seeing him as a, uh, you know, a threat to um, other members of the prison population as far as what he might do or what he might convince them to do. Mm -hmm. um, right. And it also, I think, sends a signal to the community that was attacked that we're taking this seriously. Um, and, you know, it, it acknowledges the fact that not only were people in London terrified, and we can certainly understand why they might be, but people everywhere who have the same characteristics or who have the same or who have the same, pardon me, the same religious beliefs may feel better knowing that, um, you know, th this was acknowledged, his, you know, his hatred mm -hmm. was acknowledged. But you know, generally speaking, when we talk about terrorism, we're looking at something that is more organized. He was clearly one person acting on his own behalf. So should this actually fall afoul of the anti-terrorism legislation? I'm not entirely sure. The judge was, so we're going to leave mm -hmm. it with her. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah. And I do wonder going forward, what where is this setting the stage? Rami, I have some feelings from you. Yeah, I think that, you know, what What I often think about in in times of sentencing for cases like this that we follow as a general public um, is do, do we... Do we offer enough to the families, right? The the people who are affected. In this case, the you can just talk about the community as well, the community uh, of Muslims in Canada, I guess, really. And I I feel that it's as you said, Danielle, it's not really like they're adding anything onto the the consequences for um, the guy who's convicted, but also. Are we really talking about, like, especially hearing that clip and saying we need to channel our emotions, our feelings, our reactions and responses to this in some productive way, in some helpful, supportive way to the communities, to this cause of, um, you know, not letting hatred go so far? And what does that even mean? You know, what do the, the supports look like? What, have we, what are we doing differently based on this case or cases like this? And um, are people feeling personally impacted by the way that people are, or the, the government or communities, uh, or generally us, we are responding? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure I feel confident that we are doing anything to make people feel um, that kind of support and, and love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, what, what I... I sorry, Kelly, go ahead. I was just going to say, Danielle, please, I will be coming right back to you. But, um, I feel as a Londoner of what I saw, the outpouring, the discussions that have happened since then between here, Windsor, um, and the start of that clip was about really Canada and what the rest of the country takes from this. So, Danielle, I come to you with this thought in mind, what does this do on a legal point? Do we see this now as a precedent? Is this why maybe the judge chose to go this way? That could, this is a, well a device be. for Toronto, Ottawa, Alberta, uh, you know, you know, Dawson, you know, if something like this happened out there? You know, that that's a very good point. I mean, I don't think that anybody ever thought that murdering a family was okay, no matter what your yeah. reasons for doing right. that would be. But I think the, that it, it is unlikely to send a message to people 
who are that filled with hatred and that filled with mm -hmm. violence. It's more the message to the people who are likely to be victims of that kind of, of violence and hatred that it says. And those we of us that would be okay. motivated to do something ahead of time. Yeah. And 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 it says to people, you know, this is out there. Um, people like like this man, uh, you know, and I think we should, by the way, stop using his name. I think we should remember the names of his victims and forget right. him. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. I because you know, let's let's not let him, uh, you know, I, as a, an old friend of mine said, let him wallow in the obscurity he so rightly deserves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he he's a in in my opinion uh, a very disturbed and rather terrible person. Does it help to say that this is the first time that an individual has been convicted of terrorism charges in Canada, to my knowledge? Um, does that mean there are going to be a whole lot more of these uh, um, convictions under this uh, legislation? I doubt it, but I don't know. I mean, my, my hope, of course, is that there will be no more acts like his acts right. and that people will be, you know, will will be safe. But we can never guarantee that people will mm -hmm. be safe. I think, you know, that in my often expressed opinion, it comes down to education. It's very important from a very early age that people learn that everybody's a human and that even if people don't look like you or don't uh, worship the way you worship or don't uh, believe what you believe, that doesn't mean you hate them. Uh, it might be an opportunity for you to learn something but yes. um you know where where we go with people who are clearly as troubled as this person uh is we know he's going to be spending the rest of his life in jail after 25 years he is eligible for parole which does not mean he will get it it means yep. he can apply yep. for it my best guess is a fat chance yeah. um, especially yeah. with the, the terrorism charges on top of it um, and he's going to be, um, you know, it, it, some people have said that isolation, you know, putting people into what was called solitary confinement is cruel and unusual treatment. Whether um, that applies for people who are convicted of terrorism charges, I don't know. I don't know what it will look like over time. But suffice it to say, he's um, pretty much lost any hope of having a happy life. So. Hmm. I guess even, that, that may be what people Even want. the merest time, exactly, and and for whatever reasons, but I think the people injured in this, the people who had to want to see that, like you said, Daniel, it doesn't it doesn't happen again. And I think that that is, that would be a wonderful thing to to see happen, to believe. Um, but we do need to take move forward and make the the right steps to ensure safety, ensure what we can. And uh, like I was always taught, we don't like or we are uncomfortable with what we don't understand. Thank you. Um, let's let's move into Alabama's largest hospital has uh, paused IVF operations after the Supreme ruling in the United States that frozen embryos are be to uh, be understood. Uh, sorry, considered uh, as children under the state law. Uh, ABC's Elizabeth Shells reports that doctors and patients are reevaluating how to move forward. 
The University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System saying in a statement, we must evaluate the potential that our patients and our physicians could be prosecuted criminally or face punitive damages for following the standard of care for IVF treatments. Because Alabama's high court ruled frozen embryos qualify as people, anyone who discards them, which is a normal part of the IVF process, could now face criminal charges. So the decision was uh, issued in wrongful death cases by couples. This was brought forward uh, who had frozen embryos destroyed by accident. This could, of course, potentially leave clinics vulnerable to lawsuits and restrict access to treatments. And Ramya, I hear that and I I get, wow, because I'm not sure I felt myself because I'm not knowing the process um, until you hear it laid out like this. Uh, as that embryo being the human, you know, considered, a, you know, a child. Yeah, this is a, a, a I say, a, a tough topic for me to speak on as well, just because of lack of knowledge and understanding about it. But of the process. Yeah, yeah. of the process yeah. Um, of this kind of question of treating the embryo as a, as a person and then the criminal charges associated with this. I wonder what the trickle effect of something like this, because we know that, a lot of people turn to this option for one of many reasons, right? What IBF treatment, I mean, um, and people in all kinds of circumstances who have to navigate options like this. And it's also just a sensitive topic in general because of that, um, you know? So I'm not exactly sure what it means, what it could mean for the future legally. And then, and of course, then there's the question of how many other states will start following suit. Yeah, I mean, Danielle, we've talked about similar, especially with the abortion uh, rulings That's in the United right. States. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, um, I can't wait to hear, I, although I've begun to hear what the late night comedians are going to make of, uh, you know, frozen <laughs> embryos being called children. Um, you know, right. it, 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 that, it, it, they, in the process of IVF, many embryos are created and not all of them are viable. So mm. what do you do with the ones that aren't viable in the situation where a court has told you that they are they are living human beings? Which right. I, I don't Gosh. know if you see. I, I, I thought that um I, I once saw this this meme that I thought was really funny. Um it it, it says uh, that the manager of IKEA has retired. I'm going to send him a cake. And it's a picture of all the ingredients for a cake laid out on a table. <laughs> and this is what you sent to it. Yeah, because you've got all the ingredients. It hasn't been put together yet. Right. This is this is exactly what the frozen embryo is. It's a potential person if it's viable. It is not a person. Um, and the court in my, you know, I, I was extremely shocked. The, the, the clip you uh, just played didn't mention the fact that they quoted the Bible in oh, um, well. in their decision. And the idea that a so-called secular uh, court in a democracy uses one religion, in this case Christianity, mm. to determine something like this is, um, it's outrageous in, in my opinion. It will mean absolutely the end of IVF treatment in that state. Um, because doctors- That's what it sounds like. Absolutely. Doctors are not mm-hmm. going to be able to take the chance that they won't be charged um, if right. something goes amiss with one of the embryos or frozen embryos. Um, you know, so so people who are who have the ability to travel to another state where this law doesn't apply. And by the way, for those who are curious in Canada, 
criminal law is federal so that if it's illegal in BC, it's illegal in Ontario, mm -hmm. it's illegal in New Brunswick. Um, in the states, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It's every well, it's state, state, to state has its isn't own. It? Okay. That's right. But it's so, so influential, Danielle, from, yes. from state to state. And that's what worries me about any kind of Absolutely. precedence that's set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you take a look, for example, at, as you mentioned, the abortion issue, abortion is still lawful in numbers of states mm -hmm. and, and becoming that's becoming less and less frequent. Well, there are doctors in the states where abortion is lawful who are prescribing uh, abortion pills to people who live in other states. Trump has just said he's going to use the Comstock Act, which is a very, very old piece of legislation about sending things through the mail. Um, and he's going to try to make it unlawful for the, for these things to be sent out of state to uh, to people who request them. Um, right. You know, right. I, I think that we are really looking. And by the way, the IVF situation in Alabama is about women's right to control their own bodies yeah, yet yeah, again. Yeah. And, and you know, what we're looking at repeatedly is an attack on women and exactly. a, an attack on, on women's ability to make decisions for themselves. And it's just, it, it's, I don't see it getting a whole lot better. Um, will Not that this come trajectory. to Canada is, is, is a worry that we, we have. I mean, right now we have no law against abortion in Canada. And with any luck, we never shall. Um, it's mm -hmm. the issue is between, uh, you know, a, a woman, her family, her doctor, uh, you know, and, and those people, not the legislative body. So, you know, what, what do I, I, I think this is really dangerous. Will the Supreme Court of the United States look at it and strike it down as being unconstitutional? Very worrisome because they already uh, struck down Roe v. Wade, yep. um, you know, yep. and they yep. they upheld a decision that that declared that abortion wasn't lawful. So for me, this this is extremely troubling. Um, I, I did see somebody posting something which before this decision came down, I didn't understand. It showed a picture of a frozen burrito and it said, is this a child? And I thought, oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> you know, wow. Yeah. The memes are out. On that, we're going to wrap on that. Thank you very much. I still had so much to get through here with you today. But both of you, thank you very much for, for a wonderful roundtable of discussion and some things to take away and think about. We'll uh, talk to you Monday. Thank you so much. Talk to you Monday. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Our roundtable guest today, Danielle McLaughlin. We do the roundtable Thursdays at this time. Taking a break, coming back to talk a little bit about brain health and, of course, give you a preview of Now with Dave Brown, the Friday morning edition. Looking forward to that and all they've got in store. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramya. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.